Emma Jenkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Dwell Differently. For a fun and unique way to memorize God's Word, visit dwelldifferently.com. Now, on to today's show. incredible and loved and significant world changers. I'm so honored that you would click play on this podcast episode. I'm Emma Mae Jenkins, and I'm so thankful that you are here at the Have You Heard podcast. And I'm very excited because we have the joy of talking with a one-of-a-kind stellar woman of the Lord today. So friends, buckle up and get ready to grow, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be encouraged. Friends, faith comes by hearing, so grab your headphones and let's get into the Word. Sweet people, as I said, an incredible sister and friend, woman of God, is here on the podcast today. And to say that I'm giddy is an understatement. And I'm really excited because the conversations that I've had with her um, behind closed doors, um, just calling her and asking her for advice, knowing that she's praying for me, all of those special things have played such a big role in my life and have blessed me in a very rich way. So getting to have a public conversation with her on the podcast today, I'm so confident that it's going to bless y'all too. So welcome the one and only Sadie Robertson Huff to the podcast. Friend, what's up? Hey, hey. Emma, you always give the best intros. And I'm I'm not just saying that like in a podcast way for people who don't know Emma personally, you you pretty much intro everybody like that. Like I have voicemails from you that are like, hello, apple of God's eye. And you just make everyone feel <laughs> so special. So thank you for having me on and already making me feel so special. Oh, friend, you're welcome. It's very easy just speaking the truth about you. It's like your life is evidence of the goodness of God and the fruit of being obedient to God and knowing Him. And so just just speaking what's evident, that's all. <laughs> I'm like, you're welcome. I'm really excited. As I said, I really just want to have a conversation. I want to pick your brain. I know that you've talked about this before, but like out of your mouth, it's going to reveal what's in your heart because you speak what you're filled with as that's what scripture says. And so I really just want to have a conversation with you today. And um, there are certain questions that have been on my heart that I've been aching to ask you. And the first one is, I know that you made a post recently about your word of the year being pure. And I really just wanted to ask you how you came to that being a word you really wanted to hone in on, what it like how the Lord is revealing his heart to you through that. I just wanted to kind of hear the message behind why that was your word you picked. That's great. Yeah. So, you know, I love words of the year. It's always been something that I've really loved. I'm, I'm not really so big on New Year's resolutions. I've never really, you know, had one that I that I really felt strong about and stuck with. But words I have always really stuck with for my year, even when they don't make sense, like because I feel like God always ends up revealing to me why that was my word. Actually, last year, funny enough, my word was commit. And the reason why I thought I was choosing commit was because I had actually committed myself to so many things that year. It was supposed to be my busiest year ever, most travel. I wasn't going to basically be home at all. Christian and I were both going to be on the road. And then COVID hit, pandemic hit. And I realized, well, this is kind of funny because everything I committed to, you know, just got canceled. And so, God, what, what is this? And, and I realized last year that what God was teaching me is I'm not to commit my ways to my plans, but I'm, I'm to commit my ways to his plans. And when you commit mm-hmm. to his plan, then, you know, you get to walk in a straight path. And so God taught me a lot last year about the word commitment that 
a commitment, you know, you're, you're not keeping your promise to your own plans. You're keeping your promise to God's. And God really showed me a lot last year and just learning how to not be disappointed when plans change, how to be more flexible and how to just trust that he's in all things. So last year I was really challenged by my words. So this year I said, God, you know, what word do you want me to have this year? And I kept feeling like the Lord just kept putting the word pure on my heart. And to be honest, I kind of like ignored that because I was like, is there anything else you got for me? Um, you know, I was like, pure, that's so random. And the reason why I thought it was random is because when I think of the word pure, honestly, I think of purity. And typically when we talk about purity, we talk about, you know, dating and engagement and waiting for the person and all those things. And I was like, how does this really apply to my life right now? And as I read the definition of pure online, it said without any unnecessary elements. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, I actually that that is a word that I would be really challenged by because I think a lot of times in my life, I um, I add a lot of things that are just unnecessary and not just unnecessary things to my schedule. I add unnecessary things to my mind, like things that cause me to mm -hmm. doubt that cause me to fear, things that cause me to be distracted from what I'm actually trying to do. Um, and I thought, you know what, that that would really be a good thing for me to just focus on not just purity, but having just a pure mind, a pure heart, a pure, um, you know, way in, in, in front of the Lord. And as I begin to read the Bible with this mindset, purity is all over the word, all over yeah. scripture. I mean, it's everywhere. Even Jesus talks about blessed are the pure in heart for they will see the kingdom of God. Like purity is something that we should all be obtaining no matter what season of life we're in. And I thought this is the year I'm going to have a child. I want, I want to be a pure mom. I want to be a pure wife. I want to be a pure friend to people that I'm not so bogged down by unnecessary things. And I'm adding that I can't purely just love people the way I'm supposed to. So it's a challenging word. So my scripture this year is Psalms 119.9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Then it says by guarding it according to the word. And so my challenge is that if I'm not going to have unnecessary things added to my mind, then I have to have the word filled in my heart and in my mm -hmm. mind. So my goal this year is to just guard myself to the word and remain pure in heart, pure in spirit pure in mind. Um, and I'm really excited. I think that if I, you know, really ask the Lord to do this in me, because the truth is the only, the only way that any of us can be pure is by the blood of Jesus. So if I let the Lord really wash over me this year, I'm excited to see come the end of the year where just I am mentally and physically as I, you know, walk towards this pure life. Wow. Friend, whenever you were saying that, I, for some reason, immediately thought of Philippians 4, whenever Paul, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, yeah. let your requests be made known to God and the God of peace that surpasses all understanding. Like that's what he will guard you with in Christ Jesus. But then it continues on to say, now, finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true and yeah. lovely and noble and pure and goes through all of the things that are wholesome. He says, think on these things. And I remember talking with my uncle one time about how like we like it's really sweet whenever you read those that group of verses together and understand that I can't just like want to not be anxious or yeah. want my mind to be free to fear and just like like that's a good intention but there's this quote that says good intentions only get you so far like what yeah. are you implementing into your life to actually see that take place are you going to the lord in prayer are you seeking him in his word are you choosing to like what paul says take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to christ and think on what is true and lovely and and how do i know what is true and lovely and and pure if if I'm not filling myself with it, if I'm not spending time in it. And so I'm like so encouraged by you because friend, like I think sometimes it's, it's easy to have this mentality that like, oh, I've arrived. Like I get to pour into the lives of this many people. God has opened this many doors for me. I'm getting to teach the word on this type of platform. And so I'm good. Like, 
I, I have achieved what I needed to achieve. And it's so beautiful to me, not only to hear you speak because it draws me to think on the word, but it also is so encouraging to me to see your humility that, mm. yeah, I still want to grow in the Lord. I still like take note of unnecessary things in my life that the Lord is wanting to prune because I still want to draw near to God and because I know he's drawing near to me. And so just hearing your heart, I am encouraged to not only draw near to the word, but also just to remain in a humble posture before Mm -hmm. the Lord that like you're continuing to grow until we see him face to face. And that's just so refreshing to see in you. Oh, thank you, friend. That means so much. And yeah, like, I think if if I was going to tell anybody like the secret to success, <laughs> it would be to be humble, to humble yourself. And, and because I think that, you know, the job is never done, you know, it, it's, it would be yeah. so that we've reached our goal, you know, even if people might look at me and they say, wow, you're reaching so many people, you have 4 million followers. I'm like, yeah, there's 7 billion people in the world. You know, like we, we have a lot more people to reach. We have a lot more things to do. We have a gospel to preach. And, you know, you mentioned this at the beginning that from the heart, so the mouth shall speak. And that to me, you know, people talk about accountability partners and I'm all about accountability partners, but that's the most accountable verse I have read is I'm like, God, if I'm going to be in front of this many people and I'm going to have to talk then my heart better be pure. My heart better be in the word. I better be, you know, in relationship with you because I know that whatever's in my heart, when I open my mouth, that's what's going to come out. And so, yeah, the job, the job of preaching the gospel is never done. It's never something you just say, oh, I did it once. I went and talked to that person at my school. Check. It's like, great. Now keep going. You know, um, the disciples mm-hmm. made it stop to the very, very end, you know, to their last breath. Paul, my gosh, he could have quit so many times. He didn't quit, you know. Um, so it really is until you see Jesus. That's whenever you can you can say, okay, you know, when you hear those words, good and faithful servant, you can say, you know, I did what I was I was there to do. So that's encouraging to hear you say. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. I'm I'm very proud of you. Oh, <laughs> and I you're welcome. It's just cool to just to be a witness of your life. It's so encouraging and it's so inspiring and it continues to challenge me in a good direction. So I hope you know that. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And friend, you're in some like really sweet seasons right now. Like you have been married for a year and you're about to have a baby. You're about to you're about to like have a little girl in your home. Like how how precious. And so I I bet that you have been learning so much just throughout the past year and just throughout like first and second trimester of having this sweet baby in your womb. And I just wanted to ask like what are some things that come to your mind when you reflect on what God has been teaching you and showing you um, and how he's been pursuing you through these very sweet seasons that you're in? Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It really is a sweet, sweet season. That is the way to say it. Christian and I could not be more thankful that we're going to have a little girl and she's going to be here before we know it. I'm like, it's crazy. We've been getting her room ready, which is just so cool to think about. Like, this is the first room we'll get ready for her, but she'll have a room in our home forever. And that's just like the coolest thing ever. Oh. To know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I think made us look at our life and say, God, you know, what is our life going to be as a family? What's our life going to be as parents? How does how do we, you know, continue moving forward what you have, but also shift for what you have for us right now, you know? And so it's been sweet. But you know what I'll tell you I've learned the most is that God is a God of intention. And I've always known that. He's so intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know that. You look at your story and you see the ways God has done things and you say, Wow, God, you're so intentional with me. But I don't just mean personally intentional, like like he's intentional with me. I mean like he is intentional with his creation. And as a woman who gets to carry a baby, it will blow your mind. It will absolutely blow your mind, the intention of God for how he created the body to create. Like it's insane. I was telling mom, um, 
yesterday, I was saying, you know what's so funny is that this whole pregnancy thing is literally like so perfect because the first trimester, you're like so sick, but you're so happy you're pregnant that you're like, whatever, I'll throw up every day. This is great. And then your second trimester, you're not sick. You feel so energetic. So it kind of gets you through that middle part. And then your third trimester, everything hurts. And you're like, okay, you know what? Labor actually uh-huh. is not that bad. It's going to be fine. And, you know, it's just like all like your body just processes it the way that it's supposed to. And then just the fact that when we have this child, my body, like not to be weird, but it will literally produce the milk, the nutrients to keep this living thing alive. Like your body that God created is so intentional. Every aspect of it. And so, you know, we're so quick as girls to down ourselves or our body or get insecure about stretch marks or the fact that we have cellulite. And it's like, no, like that's all part of it. Like that's all part of what God is doing to actually use your body for the purpose it's created for. And so I think, you know, God's taught me a lot about intention and also just body image in general, because we are so quick to bash our body, but our bodies are just the most incredible, like honestly, incredible thing that God would give us, you know, to do the things that they're able to do. It, I don't know. I, I've been blown away by it. I think, you know, in different times in your life, you'll you'll see God's intention for you personally. But then whenever you see it on a global, like human level, you're like, oh, wow, God, like you're so big and you're intentional with everybody. And that's been incredible. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that will leave you amazed. Like you have to sit down for a hot second <laughs> just to hear, like hearing you say that it just, like you sometimes don't even know how to respond with words because of how how grand and how good and that, like you said, how intentional he is. And it made me think of Psalm 139, that his works are wonderful. And I know that full well. And I think that that is so encouraging because sometimes like, especially us as women are so quick to be critical and so quick to um, allow the standards of culture to determine where our true beauty is and to define um, what true beauty looks like. And what a good reminder to go back to the word, to go back to the one who actually made you and said, I have fearfully and wonderfully made you like in the secret place. I knit you together on purpose. Like, what you said with intention. And I think just to daily be reminded of that is necessary. And like, cause there's a reason that all throughout scripture, God says, remember, remember, because we're, and there's a reason that the Holy spirit, like he reminds us of what Jesus spoke because we're so quick to forget who we are in the Lord for who forget who he is, forget what he says about us. And so Mm -hmm. thank you for that reminder even as you're walking through this precious season of pregnancy and speak that will speak into the life of every woman, no matter what season they're in. Cause that's just what God's word does. Yes. And I will say, you know, I know everybody is in a different season of life and something that God has taught me and my friends is that, you know, he really does give you the capacity to be where you're at, but also like present with where you're at, what he's doing in your life and present for other people, what he's doing in their life. And no matter what, he's good, you know, because I say that to Mm -hmm. say, you know, right now I'm in the middle of pregnancy or towards the end and Lainey just had a baby. So that was a blessing. But then our other friend has been trying to get pregnant for over a year now. And then our other friend just had a miscarriage and it has been so interesting because there, you know, on one hand is such a celebration and such a joy because of what God's doing. And then on the other hand, there's a lot of mourning and there's a lot of um, hard conversations mm-hmm. and a lot of tears. But we also see that God is in that. And I know it's easier for me to say, and somebody might say, it's easy for you to say you're the one pregnant. But I think my friend would say the same thing. Like we've had these conversations. I've walked with her this year. It's been so hard. But at the same time, what God has done in her life this year and the way she's seen him has been stunning. It's been different than the ways I've seen him. Mm -hmm. But both sides have been good of him. Like 
you know what I'm saying? Like, not that that is a good situation, but that God is still good in that situation. And so, yeah, there is a time to rejoice and there's a time to mourn and there's a time to celebrate and there's a time to be still. And I think God has taught us is that, you know, you can actually have the capacity to celebrate what God's doing in someone else's life and mourn what he's doing in another, but still say, even though this looks maybe better than that, you're still good, God. And who's to say, you know, what is a better blessing? Because God, your blessing is in it all. And so I think that, you know, walking so closely with people who are rejoicing and people who are mourning, God has taught all of us in our friend group that it's okay to, you know, be thankful for where he has you. And it's also okay to be present and mourn with those who are mourning at the same time. And it's okay for them to celebrate where you're at, but also be present with where he has them. And so we've just, we've learned a lot as a friend group lately, and it's been some highs and some lows, but I will say God is consistently intentional and consistently good in everyone's story, no matter what part of the story they're in. And that's been something very, very powerful. It's been a hard one to learn because it it is hard to know Mm -hmm. how to navigate being so excited whenever somebody else is hurting. But when their eyes are fixed on Jesus, it's so much easier to, you know, actually walk walk in people's shoes even when you can't necessarily relate to where they're at. Yeah, and just being present. Yes. That's so oh, that's so comforting. It is so true what you said about how the Lord like meets you, right? where you are in the season that you're in how he knows that you need to be met like like going through a difficult season like like your friends have throughout this past year like I bet that they have seen facets of God's character in a way that they didn't even know were like able to be experienced in a way that in a way that they didn't even know God was for them, they have tangibly felt him being for them. And in the way that they didn't know that God was the great comforter, they Mm -hmm. have experienced in such a real way being led by streams of water and being laid down in the green pastures. And, and then you through the season that you've been going through, how, how sweet, how, how, intentional going back to that word that you've gotten to experience God um in in the sweet ways that he has revealed himself to you in the faithful ways he's revealed himself to you and it just goes to show that truly the goodness and the love of God does pursue us every day of our life it doesn't always look how we would like how we thought it would look but he is the same yesterday today and forever and no matter what season we've walked through, like he continues to prove himself faithful. Um, it's like, I remember whenever I first started dating Josh and I like, I did not know how I like how desperately I actually be, I needed to be made aware of God's pursuit of me, made aware of how God loves, like I, cause I knew like deep down and believed it with every fiber of my being that God loved me. But through Josh's pursuit of me, I did not realize how I needed to be refreshed by the love of God. And through that season, God refreshed me. He revealed his romantic, mad pursuit of my heart. And it's just cool. Like difficult, trying valley and mountaintop, joyous, radiant, all seasons in between, you look back and you just see, God, you're worthy of my praise because you were faithful through every single season. Yep. Oh, so true. I love that, Emma. That's so powerful. And I will say one of my friends, like short story, one of my friends, the one that had a miscarriage, this is just really, really cool. She, um, So she had a miscarriage on Good Friday of last year and it was really sad, but like she kept saying like Sunday's coming, Sunday's coming. Like, you know, Jesus that like Friday was a hard day for Jesus too, but Sunday's coming and like God's going to do something with Mm -hmm. this. So fast forward a few months later and she got pregnant again and um, actually her due date is on Easter this year, which is like 
Just so oh my goodness. Uh, because again, like look at the Lord, like, look at the intention of that. And I'll say again, like you said, like it doesn't always look like how you want. Sometimes like that happens and that's amazing. Still my other friend's been trying for a year and, and, you know, God is still doing something in her heart and her life too. But I just say that short story to say like, it, you'll be amazed how God shows up and don't put it on them to do something like that. When you say Sunday's coming, sometimes Sunday is literally coming. Uh, so she's due here in the next, I guess, month and a half. So pretty, pretty wild. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from one of our network supporters. Do you want to memorize more of the Bible, but struggle to actually do it? Dwell Differently has developed unique ways to help you memorize one Bible verse each month. They take the first letter of each word in a verse, create a cool design, and then put that design on a key tag, a note card, or a temporary tattoo, letting you take God's word wherever you go. How great is that? Every month you'll receive a kit in the mail, along with screensavers and downloadable coloring sheets. They also post daily inspiration on Instagram, share weekly devotionals on their website, and host a podcast, all meant to help you apply this verse to your life. If you're just getting started with your faith or long to go deeper, Dwell Differently is a great way to start. To join their monthly program, visit dwelldifferently.com. That's dwelldifferently.com. Now, back to today's show. Wow. I, wow. I just love, I love the Lord. No, <laughs> He's okay. just Praise so good. The best. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, sister to sister. From an engaged lady to a married lady, and I'm sure there are everywhere from single and still in school to married to maybe like, I mean, every variety of a relationship mm-hmm. may be listening into this podcast. And so as a married woman, mm-hmm. I want to hear just like two questions for you. One is something that you have learned being married, and two um, what is a, a, like a piece of advice that you have for the women who may be listening as you're in your married season perspective? That's good. Man, okay, I'll start with the first one. What have I learned being married? And first of all, Emma, we're so excited for you and Josh. This is just like, you're in a Aww. sweet season. You're in such a sweet season. Engagement, I will say, is like, I mean, it it's like so fun to me because it's like so exciting and like the anticipation is so real. And you have honestly to us, like we had some of the hard conversations and engagement because that's when we were going through premarital counseling and all the things. But my gosh, like it is I I love that that period of time is there like in preparation before a wedding because I think it sets you up for success. And I do think how you treat engagement really will set the tone for your marriage. And Christian and I were so glad we had the conversations we had when we were engaged and really dove in the way that we did when we were engaged because I think it launched us into a great, great marriage. So we're just a year in. So I will say I don't have like all the advice in the world, but what I have learned marriage is that, you know, it's very refining in the best way, because what you, you're very accountable for not just your actions, you're accountable for your tone, you're accountable for your words, you're accountable for everything, because you have your husband who is with you every single day, there to receive whatever mood you're in, whatever attitude you have, whatever words that you say, (laughs) and whatever, you know, words you say and the the choice of action that you bring and all that really sets the tone for the house that you live in. And I think that that is an incredible responsibility as a wife, you know, to be uplifting in the house and to be encouraging Mm -hmm. in the house and to set a, a house of peace. And I'll say Christian and I, you know, when we got married and then 
we moved. So we kind of had an unexpected start to our marriage because of the pandemic, like many people have experienced. And so Christian graduated early. Well, he graduated, ended up graduating online. So we ended up moving early from Auburn to Louisiana. And we were like temporarily in our my parents' guest house, which is so kind of them to let us use. But honestly, the house, even though it was such a blessing, it just did not feel like our house at all. Like it just didn't. Like it just, it felt like we were staying in my parents' house, you know? And I could tell, Uh like I could tell that that was kind of weighing on Christian. Like it, and it wasn't like he was so thankful, but I could just tell like he doesn't feel at home here. And to me as the wife, like, I want to provide a space that always feels like home, that he comes home and he feels love mm-hmm. and he feels at peace and he's not worried about anything. He can relax and, you know, all of those different things. And so we started chatting like, okay, should we move? Should we do this? What are some things that we can do to this house to make it feel like a home? And um, as we began to talk, we we kind of just began to create what, what it means to have a home, you know, how we can make a house a home. Mm-hmm. And over the past few months, it's literally been months of us making this guest house our home. And so we stay where we're at, and it has been the most fun thing. I mean, we have, from the little things to the paint color, like we painted it white just to be more happy and bright. Like we, you know, we've been setting up our baby girl's room, and that is just like the most incredible thing to do together. We picked out like pillows on our bed that we actually liked, like just silly things that actually (laughs) meant a lot to, to each other. And hey, we made a house a home and it has been like the sweetest thing. And so I would like my point of that is saying like, you know, as a wife or as a husband, like the words that you say matter, the choices that you make matter, the attitude that you have matters because all of that makes your house a home and you're not going to be perfect. That's another thing that you'll learn in marriage is that you literally can't be perfect. That's why it's so refining and it will teach you so much about the love of God because you have a person on the other end of your life who like no matter what happens, sleeps in the bed with you that night and says, I love you. So if you do mess up or you do have a bad attitude or you say something wrong, like the forgiveness that you get to see played out in marriage and the sweetness of going to bed with that person is incredible. And so, you know, you even prayed this at the beginning. You said, God, like from the rising sun to the setting same, and you were praying about God's faithfulness. And I feel like you get to see a picture of that with your husband, especially Christian and I always say, don't go to bed angry. You will see a picture of that because literally from the time the sun rises to the time the sun sets, you know that no matter what happens in that day, even if it's a hard one or whatever, like you know that you're going to be loved that day. And you know, by the end of the day, you're going to be forgiven. And that is an imperfect picture in marriage of a perfect God and what he does for you. And so I think that there is so much to learn. I know I I said a lot of different things, but as I talk about marriage, I just see God's beautiful design in it and different ways that God Mm -hmm. has revealed himself to me and different ways that he's like really refined Christian and I and how we uh, how we speak and how we act and how we create this house to be a home. Um, And I actually totally forgot the second question. I love you. What was the second part of the question? I love you. I literally could listen all day. Like, oh, my stars. Yes. Oh, the second part of the question is like, so I know sometimes there is like this mentality. I guess I'll I'll say this question in a little bit more of a specific way because the first time I asked it was a little broad. So Mm -hmm. this question is more so geared to the women who think that more contentment, more fulfillment, more validation, and more worthiness is found in the season that they're not in. Um, mm-hmm. I, Because I think that the woman who is single thinks if only she could get a guy. And the yep. woman who's dating is if only she could get the ring on her finger. And the woman who is engaged, if only she could then like call, call that guy her husband. And then if only she could have a baby. Like, and yep. while... There is beauty and there is purpose. And coming back to what you said, there is intention that God has for each season. Um, I really think that we miss out on all of the 
we miss out on tasting and seeing how good God is in the season that we're in if we constantly think that we're supposed to be in a different one. And I just wanted to ask, like, what words of wisdom do you have to speak to the women who are in different seasons, wishing that they were in a different one? Yes, that's so good, Emma. And that's such a real thing. You know, I think you need to ask yourself if you're in that place, if you think engagement Well, if you think, you know, a boyfriend will fix it or a dating will fix it or engagement will fix it or marriage will fix it or or a baby will fix your problems or it'll bring you that love that you have. Um, You know, ask yourself, you know, really why you think that that will fix your problem, you know, because I think what you'll Mm -hmm. find is that normally the reason why you want something is because you feel like you lack something in the season that you're in. And the only way that you're actually going to ever be filled with what your heart desires is by accepting that from the love of God first. Like God in your season has to be enough or no human ever will be enough because God is a perfect version of what you're looking for in an imperfect scenario. So a boyfriend cannot like give you the longing of your heart that you truly first desire from the Lord engagement and a ring on your finger. can't give you this, the satisfaction and the commitment level that you're looking for. Like the Lord can right here in your life. Marriage again, won't do that. A baby won't do that. In fact, what it'll do is as you continue on, it'll just pile up the issue and magnify the problem even greater. And it'll put pressure on people to be God and they'll always fall short for you because they can't be. And so I think that this is a a really, really real thing that we get trapped in, but it's a really real thing that we need to get out of and let God be enough. I think when I realized that it was whenever I was dating, I had been like dating so many different like people, types of people, and not at the same time, obviously, but I would just jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. (laughs) And I was looking for something. I was looking for someone. I was, because I didn't want to feel alone. I didn't want to feel, I wanted somebody to tell me that I look beautiful. I wanted somebody to talk to and fill my time and all those things. But in reality, what I needed to be doing is I needed to be alone with God. Like I needed to be alone with God. I needed to be validated and affirmed in who I am by God. I needed to have some more quiet time to fill myself with the words of God and not just, you know, texting somebody just to text somebody. And, you know, thankfully, right as I was really meeting Christian, I realized that and slowed down the process of dating Christian to really establish that with God before I sought that through Christian. And I think, honestly, had I not done that, I don't think Christian and I's relationship would have worked out. Not because he wasn't great. He clearly is amazing. so amazing that I married him. But because Ben Stewart says this, I had to figure out the I before I could ever figure out the we. Like if I didn't figure out Mm. my own stuff, if I didn't take time to be with the Lord and actually establish who I am and establish who me and the Lord are as me and the Lord's relationship before me and Christians, then I would be setting myself up for a relationship to fail. And so I think for people who are in that season Take it very seriously, those desires. It's not a bad thing to have the desires that you want, but you might just be misplacing those desires on things that won't really give you um, what you want. First and foremost, take it to God. And then if the boyfriend comes, if the ring comes, if the marriage comes, if the baby comes, and praise God for it. But you'll at least be in those seasons knowing that you know that you know that God was enough before anybody else ever needed to be. Um, that's a powerful Mm. thing to walk through. Wow. Friend, yes. Thank you so much for saying that. It, it makes me think of what Paul said in Philippians, Philippians 4 again, actually, whenever he says like, I've learned the secret of being content, whether having plenty 
or having little, and that is that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I love how you honed in on the fact that like those desires like aren't bad, like to Mm -hmm. want to have a boyfriend or to want to be in a different season. The Lord sees those desires and like Mm -hmm. those desires make sense. Like we were made for relationships. We were made to do life with people. Like those seasons are are sweet for a reason, you know, but I think it is, I love, I love what you said about placing those desires in the correct place and understanding that the secret of being content is not found by having a particular status in a particular season, but the secret of being content is being hidden in the Lord. And in that alone. And then that's the game changer. And so I just, I am, I'm honestly so encouraged by what you just said, because I I think it's just good to be reminded of that, that truth. Speaking yep. from somebody who's, who's married and you've been single, you've dated, you've been engaged and you're married and you can stand in this season and testify that, yep, it it is God who makes me content. Yep. <laughs> It's just, it's just continues to be proven. Yep. So true. I mean, it really is true and it really has to be true because even back to what we're talking about with body image, like, you know, I think a lot of times you, people think like, oh, well, if I just had a guy to tell me I was beautiful, then I wouldn't be so insecure. And that is, that is a really big lie because somebody could tell you you're beautiful every day and I have witnessed this with friends and you literally will not hear it. If you don't have the ears to hear, you won't hear. If you have insecurity blocked in your mind, it will block your eardrum from hearing the truth that people speak over you. And so, you know, especially when you get married, how do I still struggle with body image the way I struggled when I was 17 and now I'm pregnant and Truth is, your body changes a ton. And like I said, that's beautiful and that's intentional and that is incredible. But when you gain 20 pounds in two months, (laughs) you're going to be real glad (laughs) that you don't need affirmation from anybody but the Lord himself. And Christian's so sweet and he loves, he loves, you know, how how my body is growing and developing, but I wouldn't even be able to believe Christian for a second had I not known that this is what God is doing in me. And I see it as a blessing because of that. And so I I say it to say, you know, your next season, the next person is not going to fix what God can only affirm in you. And so take that to heart. If you are struggling with something like body image or comparison or you're struggling with anxiety or you're struggling with whatever it is, you know, no, no human can, can fix that. It has to be God. And what a beautiful thing though, that we get to not, you know, wait on a human to fix it when a human isn't perfect, but we get to have a perfect God who can, you know, meet us in the midst of our, of our problems and our struggle. He's so good. We lack no good thing in him. And our, I, I believe that our appreciation for relationships and connection and community deepens whenever we understand that we lack no good thing in the Lord. Because we yep. understand that like community was made by God. like He made us for it, but I don't think we truly appreciate it until we understand the one who's given it to us, you yeah. know? It's good, Emma. Yeah. Man. Well, friend... I have one more question, although I could I could talk to you for a lot longer, but I have one more question, and that is just what have you been reading in the Word lately? I feel like I've talked about this in the last three podcasts because it's been on my heart for the last like three weeks, <laughs> but um, I'm in the book of Ezekiel right now, and but before Ezekiel goes out to like basically be a messenger of God's Word to the Israelites, God first tells Ezekiel, let my word sink deeply into your own heart and listen carefully to what I have to say. Take this scroll and eat it and let it fill you. Then go tell my people what I have said. And and I like I don't I've just been thinking on that a whole lot this past these past like handful of weeks and just realizing the power of letting God's word sink deeply into your own heart before going to teach it. And so I wanted to ask like what what in the word have you been letting seek deep into your heart? And what have you been listening to carefully lately? That's good. I love that. That's such a beautiful way to put it. You know, actually, I've been on the story of Joseph for a while now. I preached this message on Joseph back in September. Then I 
just reshared it again in January. But as I read, it's like, it's the coolest thing. You know this, when you get on something and God just continues to reveal thing after thing after thing in the midst of a story that you've read a million times, it, it's one of the most fun things to me ever. Um, <laughs> and so I have been on that. And what I've really realized with Joseph, so an incredible thing that that really has hit me over the past few months is that you know, Joseph was a dreamer. He had this gift from God. It was an incredible gift God gave him. But he, you know, tells his brothers that he has this gift and his brothers don't really like that so much because the gift involved him ruling over them. And Joseph is 17 at the time. And, you know, his brothers hate that and they throw him in a pit and they sell him into slavery. And as they do this, they literally begin to mock him and they say, you know, let's see what becomes of these dreams. And they're mocking him for the mm. gift that God's given him. Let's see what, what becomes these dreams in a sarcastic way. Like, like nothing's going to become of this now. Like, you're in a pit. You're about to be sold into slavery. Like, you know, we're about to profit from, you know, you being ju- just killing your dream, killing your purpose, killing you, essentially. Well, we know the story that Joseph ends up not dying. He does get sold, but mm. God blesses him in the most incredible ways, even as a prisoner. He was in charge of the prisoners. Even when he worked at Potiphar's home, he was in charge of the home. Like he just had so much favor on his life. But there's a point about four chapters later, and this is like literally 13 years later, because by this point, Joseph was about 30 and he was in prison and he was interpreting dreams for the cupbearer and for the chief baker. And, you know, as he's there, he's just using the purpose again that God gave him. Well, fast forward and um, I believe it's the cupbearer that got out of prison. And Pharaoh is all of a sudden having these crazy dreams, right? And he's like, I need, a, I need a dreamer. I need somebody who can interpret these dreams. And the people who work at the at Pharaoh's house, they're, they're getting magicians to come in. They're getting wise people to come in. And nobody can interpret the dream. So it's in that moment that they remember that there's a guy in prison who can actually interpret the dream. And I found this to be the coolest thing ever. Pharaoh says, go get him out of the pit. Like, why is a dreamer in the pit? And it hit me as I was reading that. That is the craziest thing, that the same thing that got him thrown into a pit 13 years ago is the same thing that is getting him out of a pit. And he gets called Mm -hmm. out of a pit. And Pharaoh asks him to interpret this dream. And Joseph says, I can't do it, but my God can through me. And he then tells Pharaoh the dream and then gets promoted to like second in command. And what I take from that and what I've seen in that is that so many times, you know, we, we do get mocked for our purpose. We do get made fun of for the thing that God put in us. We get stomped on, trampled on, and all of a sudden it looks like there is no way this is going to happen, nor do we even want it to happen because it brings so much shame to our life because of the way people ridicule us for what God has done inside of us. But yet Joseph didn't let that shame and that insecurity and all those things, you know, keep him from interpreting dreams, keep him from using the gift God gave him. He kept doing it faithfully. And Emma, I've seen that in your life. Like God has given you an anointing. You have like a gift of memorizing and knowing the word and speaking and declare it over people. And people have mocked you and people have made fun of you. And you could have stopped any time as people were doing that. But the same thing that people mocked you for is the thing God is using you for. And you didn't stop. And now you have a podcast and your Instagram is killing it. And you've written a book and like you continue to use your gifting. And God has shown so much favor on your life because of that. And so when I was reading that, I was like, this is so relatable. I've been here. I know you've been there. So many of us have been there. And I just encourage that person. If somebody threw you in a pit, Hey, use your gift in the pit because that might be the same reason that maybe maybe it's not tomorrow, maybe it's not five years from now, 13 years from now, God calls you out and you're able to do something extraordinary for such a time as this because God placed it in you. And so I've been sharing that with a lot of people and it's been just so in my heart because I think that that, that mocking from brothers and that hate from people, it takes too many God-given gifts out of the world that we need as the church. And Emma, I just commend you for remaining faithful to God 
as people have mocked you and there are days that have been hard and there are moments that have been maybe even feels like a crushing but I'm so proud of you that you did not let that keep you down and that you continue to speak out because your voice is helping change the world and we need that and that's why anytime you say can I be a part of anything you're doing it's a yes because I'm just so proud of you and I just love what God's doing through you so God's been showing me a lot through that and even as I share it with you and your friends and and people who listen to your podcast, I'm like, what better person than Emma to set an example for this? So well done, friend. Well, I have no words. <laughs> Literally none. <laughs> we should probably end right now so I don't start crying. <laughs> I feel so affirmed. I, I, I don't think I could like to the fullest express how grateful I am and just praise God, (laughs) praise Mm -hmm. God. And thank you for hiding the word of God in your heart because friend, it is evident. And my goodness, I I've been reading, um, in first or in John chapter one lately and then carrying into chapter two and three. And there's a particular verse. I can't remember if it's in John two or John three, but it's whenever Jesus like storms into the temple of the Lord and, or the, it's like the courtyard. It's like near, it's in God's house and people are like selling things and just treating it as like without any reverence. And Jesus comes in and is just livid and he's Mm -hmm. flipping tables. He even creates a whip and is sending people out. And, um, in that moment, um, a prophecy is fulfilled and it said that he will be consumed with passion for God's house. And, Mm -hmm. and whenever I hear you talk about the Lord and whenever I hear you talk about his word, um, that's like, what came to my mind is you're consumed with passion for God's business. You're consumed with passion for who he is, for what he is about, for his word and for seeing people come to him. And I today have been blessed by how you are consumed. And I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for investing time into this platform where people were going to get to hear the word of God, which is the best thing that they could hear. I want to thank you for sharing what God has taught you through your precious life. I just, I want to thank you for being my friend. I just want to thank you because this is just, this has been a sweet, sweet time and your life is a blessing to the world, my friend. Oh, thank you, Emma. That means so much. That truly does. You're always so encouraging and so affirming, and that truly means a lot. Anytime I get to talk to you makes my day better. So I hope that people are so encouraged by our conversation. Man, me too. Well, incredible and loved and significant world changers. I will say it again. May it be the bookends of this podcast because you need to know how valuable you are because the Lord made you. I pray that you are blessed by this podcast episode. I pray that it sends you forth in a way that um, is encouraging and challenges you to go deeper um, and point you to the word. Y'all are so loved and I'll be sure and talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye everybody. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.